Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thundercast. My name is Anthony Colasuno. Here with Chevy Blackburn. I'm Seth Whitehouse. Thank you guys for having me back on. No problem. Hey, we like it. We like having you on. Let's you know? go. So like, yeah. let's go. And of course, sorry about last week. All of us had classes canceled, exams, or all of the above happening in our lives. So we got a lot, a lot of sports to go over um, this week. I will start out with men's and women's golf because golf is my specialty. Working at a golf course, playing golf all my life, you know. Just a golf guy. I'm just yeah. a golf guy. I always look at golf clubs. You know I have brand new golf clubs, you know. Mm-hmm. like I just aspire to one day not to slice everything into the bushes when I go play. So <laughs> I still slice things, so I kind of aim a little bit left sometimes. Or I've been working on some techniques where you put the logo of your glove more towards the sky and actually helps it out. I wish I could say that like that would help, but my swing's so messed up that won't help anything at all. I've helped coach high school golf. I've seen some. Well, then you before. you come teach me, okay? Yes, you I'll transform you. Yes. my swing. Yes, yes. I'll be the supervisor. There you go. Supervisor, just filming everything, posting it on social media. Just look at these two schmucks over here. You know, like that's what it's gonna be. Um, now going into sports, so I will start out with. Golf. So, men's golf finished 16th out of 16th at the men's golf uh, Mark Simpson uh, Colorado Invitational in Erie, Colorado. And then the women's golf team finished 9th out of 15th at the New Mexico Aggie Invitational. So, great job by the ladies at the Golf Iconic Classic. They finished 9th overall. They beat UT, uh, R- UTRGV. Texas A&M, Corpus Krispies, uh, UC Riverside, South Dakota State, and CSU Bakersfield. So definitely a solid finish, ninth. Um, you know, so far this year we've seen them a little bit down throughout, you know, usually finishing top 10, but either, you know, 10th or 11th place. So definitely a great showing from the ladies. And overall, the top finisher for... Southern Utah was Anise GBL, which she every single round she was two over, uh, looks like actually one over par, actually, but great rounds from other uh, play, uh, girls from other schools that just kind of sold that deal. But overall finished uh, 15th overall, so great job by her. That's, um, that's amazing, just shoot one over par. I wish I could shoot like that sometimes. <laughs> um, you know, some days I can, some days I can't, you know, because the slice just nips me, you know. It's different every day you go It's out. different. It's different every day with golf, and, you know, people say, you know, oh, it's golf, you just hit a ball and get in a car. No, it's, it's different every day when you play, you mm-hmm. know. It's different every day. But overall, now moving to the net men's that were then the next week, Oh, last week, the men's were at the Bill Cullum Invitational. They placed 10th out of 10th, so shooting a combined 927 over 54 holes. So not too shabby. Mitchell Abbott was the best overall finisher for SU, finishing a 52nd overall um, with scores in the first round of a 7 over, so 79, a 1 over in the second round, and then a 3-5 over. Five over in the final round, so 77, so five plus. 
overall that's good, you know, you know, because a seven plus sometimes is not the best for some golfers, but then when you can finish it up with a uh, one over par than a five over par, it just makes it so much more better and sweet, you know, and, you know, the men's golf, you know, getting better every single week. And that's all you can really hope for out of a collegiate men's golf program because, you know, it's not like football or basketball where you're competing with one team. You're competing against 15 other schools. So you sometimes, you know, and I can speak from this from playing high school golf, is that I've been to tournaments where there's been 15 other high schools there. You know, you get limited time practicing and all that. Plus then sometimes I was in the way later groups. So we didn't tee off until two hours after the tournament actually started, you know, because you have to have all these groups go in front of you. It just depends on uh, the coach and what uh, strategy he wants to pull. If he wants his better guys in the back groups or in the front groups, it just totally depends because then he can look at scores, you know, that way currently going on right now. But, um, but yeah, overall, you know, great job by the guys and uh, guys and ladies, and hopefully, uh, they can keep the success up, you know? Here's a question for you, Anthony, since you're our golf, golf guy, we talk about her so much because she's had so much, so much success in the past, um, Plume, where has Plume been fitting into Plume. all this? Is she still, I know we talked about how Anise did really well this last weekend, but. Oh my gosh, I did Plume wrong. Did you do her dirty? Yes, what she was heck, actually dude? ahead. She actually finished, she finished 17th overall in the tournament. So, and actually looking at it, an, uh, Anise actually finished tight 18th and plume finished 17th so, so I did like right next to each other bit. then right next to each other uh, okay. but plume shot a two over par, uh two over and actually even par in the first round uh one under in the second Oish. and then she shot a five over in the third round so finished one over par total over the three-day tournament i'm so sorry plume i'm sorry i feel so bad now Freaking but anthony i know i'm messing up here guys no you're doing great. i'm messing up but um but overall plume's still a great golfer yeah you know she she would be anyone she could go to any golf course and you know bet a hundred bucks on the line she could destroy any freaking country club member she <laughs> wanted to you know um you know i definitely think she could you know she she outright has a pro potential absolutely last year she was ranked i think for like a month straight as like the top golfer in mm -hmm. all of the ncaa which yeah. is such a huge honor to have because you have so many female golfers because every every D1 university has about, you know, seven to eight on their team. Mm -hmm. So if you, you know, put the numbers out, that's pretty dang good. You know, that's out, outright amazing. So overall, great job for both programs, getting better every single day. And now we'll move on to the next sport. And everyone else. Talk about their slate coming. Yes, I'm forgetting about stuff today. It's been a long day so okay. far. It's back but from fall break. Back from fall break, I had to watch. Yeah, uh -huh. midterms. I had to watch little kids all weekend. You know, it was supposed to be my weekend to rest with family up north. <laughs> I end up watching little kids all the time. You know, 7 a.m. 7 a.m. They come knocking at the room I was staying in. Anthony, make us food. I'm like, okay, guess I'm making eggs now. Um, but yes, yeah, so this upcoming weekend, women's golf is at the uh at the clash at boulder creek golf course in boulder city nevada i've been to boulder creek before Ooh, you know okay. boulder city about 
you know, about 15 minutes away from Las Vegas, my hometown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been to Border Creek. I've played at Border Creek. Amazing course, ec- exceptional course. As men's golf is at the Oral Roberts University Invitational in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Interesting. Yes. That'll be sick for both programs, though. Very sick for both programs. Very big programs for their development. And yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Exactly. So, and uh, now we're going to be going over volleyball, who's 2-1 this these past two weeks since we were gone. And they played their first game against Abilene Christian on October 6th, where they won the match 3-0. to And then October 8th, they went up against Tarleton in a match that went to five sets and lost 3-2. to And then October 15th, they went against Sam Houston, winning that match 3-0 to again. So it was a good turnaround, like we talked about uh, before, how volleyball's kind of been struggling. So it's a good turnaround for them, and it put them up into the eighth position in the conference, which is really good with, because we believe we're not 100% sure it's the top eight teams, right, that yes. will make it to the so playoffs. So based off of last year's conference uh, standings and with you know teams leaving and joining, it was actually 13 last year with Lamar and Chicago State in there. And then both those teams left. I don't know what conference Chicago State went to. I think, but I think they went to maybe some WCC type stuff, but I do have a feeling they might still be in the whack for some sports. Yeah, for some sports. Not positive on that. But they still, yeah, I'm pretty sure they still do have a, being in the eighth, eighth position, they still. Yeah. So, yeah, so looking at last year's bracket because – I did a recap for volleyball a couple weeks ago, a little mid-season um, recap, and the top eight teams, according to last year, made the tournament. Mm-hmm. So made the conference tournament. So hopefully they can make it and uh, go out there and maybe win it all against some of these tough teams. <laughs> It'll be you know? be really tough because WAC is, has some very good teams for volleyball. but Phenomenal volleyball. Just going into these past three games, they've been in it every single time. There were some yeah. um, some instances earlier in the season where we were struggling and struggled to put together a bunch of very quality sets into score. But these last three games, yeah, they've been against some lower uh, competition, but they've been very, very good. Mackenzie Templeton, Riley Otson, Reagan B. Reagan Beeson, excuse me all leading with kills in their last game against Sam Houston. Mackenzie Templeton had 17 kills, which is very awesome. Love to see that in any game at all. Macy Short's been killing it on the assist. Short, and and then you got Molly McDermott, who had two aces last game. They're flipping a switch. They're coming around, and they've got two two games this weekend at home, right? One uh, tomorrow, Thursday. At home against Seattle, who is four and ten overall and zero and six in conference play, so it should be a pretty, pretty good game for them to try and get another win to keep that eighth spot. But after that, they go up against Utah Valley, who is eleven and seven, and five and one in conference, which play. is is tough. Yeah, because they're very good, and it's like we've kind of made this transition into the whack, and you're. I feel like UVU is our real like rivals now. Oh, absolutely. With Tech. 
Yeah. Tech's just close. Tech's yeah. just close, but I feel like we've had more of a rival with UVU oh, yeah. with what's happened in basketball the last few years oh, yeah. and everything like that. So that'll be a very good chance to get all a win. The, all the trash talk on all Twitter. All the trash talk. You know, and some people don't, you know, some people mm-hmm. I talk to, like, don't count the rivalry down here uh, against Utah Tech as official rivalry just yet. Yeah. But, you know, and also speaking of volleyball, you know, four wins in the season so far. Three of those wins have been at home against conference foes. Keep that in mind as, you know, this weekend, everyone, pack the stands. Mm-hmm. Pack the stands for Utah Valley. That's what we need, you know. Pack the seats and cheer these Thunderbirds on. Yeah, and just going back to Utah Valley, they are currently ranked second in the WAC for volleyball. Which is, yes. Which is they've just, beaten a lot of very, very good teams this year, which yeah. will be a very tough test, but will be awesome if we can if we can get I could definitely see there. volleyball splitting it okay. for sure. Mm-hmm. I think they can definitely win game one against Seattle for sure. And I don't know about Utah or UVU, but I think they have a chance. They honestly We'll, we'll played, give them a fight. They like, play they play to their opponents, I've noticed really though too. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes for them. Uh what do we have after volleyball? Was now now we'll get into soccer. I'll take you through what happened there the past few weeks. Soccer has gone through kind of a little little bit of a rough patch as they went to New Mexico State, lost there 2-0, to zero. came back that Sunday. It was a very weird travel situation where they were going back and forth and came back there and probably got to felt like they were home for like 30 minutes that entire time. But they came back, played Sam Houston at Thunderbird Soccer Field on that Sunday, had a Big W. Um, I think Whitney Wayne's guard and Sammy Stefania uh, both had two goals in that game and two very pretty, just like awesome goals. Um, then they came back Friday on the 14th and played the rest of that weird little lightning delay thing that we talked about last time. Weird situation there against Utah Tech. Had a lot of shots on goal, um, had a lot of chances, but did end up falling to Utah Tech. Uh, one to zero so a little bit of a rough patch but we still sit at fifth place in the WAC standings behind UVU Seattle New Mexico State and Tech which sucks to see them on top of the standings mm-hmm. so bad because we were there with them um, but we're sitting in fifth um, still have a shot um, going forward to get some very very big wins um, as I said, Whitney Wainsgard, she's really been our catalyst this season. It's really been a cool thing for her, too, because she tore her ACL last year. I read a story on sutbers.com. Tore her ACL and MCL, if I'm not mistaken. And now she's come back, and she really leads us um, as a freshman, maybe red shirt. She might be a red shirt. Red shirt freshman. Yeah. Got to give her a shout-out because she's – Really close to my hometown from Grantsville, Utah. Doing great things this year. Six goals and four assists to go along with that, which she really just leads up front as an animal on the ball and just nonstop pressure. As I mentioned a little earlier, Sammy Safania, she had six goals in like our first four games or something on the road, and she just did get another goal this last um, last last weekend against Sam Houston kicked it up to seven. She's doing great in the midfield, but then you also have Kate Shermer, who's like on our 
top five for all-time career goals for SUU with four this year. Haley Hamataka, Ashley Rivera. You can go on and on. Megan Short, also very good to mention. Soccer's doing really good. Um, now they have to kind of rebound this weekend against two very good teams in Cal Baptist, who sits in fifth place right now with a 3-2-2 two two record, but has had some very big wins this year. And they will come back and finish off their home schedule on Sunday against see the matchup against Grand Canyon, which will be very tough because Grand Canyon's kind of sitting in the middle of the middle of the road right there with them. But two very um, winnable games for the Thunderbirds to come, and I think we still we're still good. We just got to rebound recover and Kai Edwards will lead us to where we want to be also adding on to soccer while Seth was talking I looked up the 2021 tournament last year to see how what what teams make the tournament Mm -hmm. granted last year they had the west division and a southwest division all the west schools and they had the Texas schools just in their own little Texas division (laughs) but because that got uh folded basically and kind of kicked out of the way it looks like it would just be the top six overall seeds. Mm-hmm. And also, speaking of Grand Canyon, they are the defending Western Athletic Conference champions for women's soccer. They've kind of suffered a little bit of a setback this year, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. though. Have dropped some very crucial games once they got in a conference. Dropped a couple to Cal Baptist and Seattle U and UVU. Um, but, it, yeah, it should be really interesting. And we're sitting pretty solid right now. Um, but we do have to start uh, finish off our season with some wins, and it's going to be tough because after that, and I'm sure we'll preview it next week, but you got UVU, who's sitting at number two in the conference, and Seattle U, who's three or four, if I'm I'm not uh, mistaken. But soccer's fine. No, nothing to worry about at the moment. We still have the playmakers to, to put together some great wins. I think we just have – Cross country and football last year. Yeah, I, let's go. I can recap uh, cross since I've had <laughs> talking great experience. I've with had cross some country. had the chance to be around uh, cross country. We hosted our inaugural. We can call it inaugural. Um, yeah. The <laughs> SU Color Country Invitational, which uh-huh. um, Coach Hool has been hosting for twenty something years. When I got to talk to him about it. Um, Really smaller kind of a thing. It's on the Cedar Ridge Golf Course, and it's awesome to see. I've never been to a cross-country meet before, but everybody's so intense, and they're just sprinting right alongside their runners. It's so cool. But hosted UVU and Utah Tech. I almost called them by their bad name. I won't say that. Uh Sorry, guys. Uh Um, Hosted them, and the men, the men really just breezed through um, to a first-place finish. I should actually preface this by saying, knowing there was an event, there was a meet after, Coach Hull decided to run a lot of his younger runners, so he let some of his older runners like Madison DeBoss and uh, Santiago Gation let them rest for this week and let a lot of the younger runners get some experience against uh, some worthy competition. So we came out in this one. As I said, the men breezed to a first-place finish. Max Jones just controlled the race the entire time and was literally, like, yards out in front of, like, the lead pack. 
Like, it was, wasn't even close. Um, he controlled it. Ran to a first-place finish. Don't remember his time. But then we had uh, Coleman Cragen, which was so awesome to see. Coleman was, like, right in the middle of that front, that front pack behind Jones. And the last stretch, he just turned on the burners and went... And juiced all the way down the final stretch of the of the course to a second place finish to give us a one two which was awesome those two kind of led it and then on the women's side we took second place with jordan bartolomucci um just battling out with a bunch of uvu runners who uvu is 19th in the country which is crazy to think about but she battled it out um, with the, a bunch of UV runners, ended up taking second place. Um, so just barely missed out on a first-place finish, which would have been her first in her career. Um, and she secured second place for our Thunderbird women. Also had, if I'm not mistaken, Catherine Kelly get fourth place, which was awesome to see. So we let our younger runners um, run in this event, and then prepped up for the pre-nationals, which is technically um, the last regular season event uh, meet of this um, year for the Thunderbirds. Um, Pre-nationals, huge chance to qualify for nationals later in um, the months coming forward. Uh, But the women finished in sixth place overall out of 26 teams, which, wow, that's some crazy stuff. Uh, Madison DeBoss led the way. Recording a 27th place finish. Soraya Hernandez was second, right behind her, in 43rd. So two top 50 uh, finishes, which awesome for our ladies, finishing with 252 points, um, just barely missing out on the top five. Not sure if that qualifies them for nationals at all. We I might have to win to actually get qualified in that. Well, doesn't it depend also on the conference tournament? And how those points yeah, systems I think, look like? I think like. that's just something where you can qualify before the conference tournament. Gotcha. But you can do it, too. So we still have a shot there. As for the men, though, the men t- were pretty close to where the men, the women finished. They were in 10th place overall. Senior Isaiah Labra had a sensational outing, finishing in 17th place. Santiago, who was, like, the cross-country runner of the week in the WAC um, a couple weeks ago. And Travis Feeney also finished 31st and 32nd to both uh, take, all three of them to take top 50, which was really, really cool to see and a very standout performance for Coach uh, Coach Hool's team. And now they'll be off, I'm pretty sure. They have a couple of weeks until the WAC championships. If I'm not mistaken, it's October 29th in Texas. But what an outing for our cross-country team, who's always been just phenomenal. Um, very, very solid, and now they get a couple of weeks to rest to, before they go compete in the WAC uh, championships, which I'm pretty sure they should have a very, very good chance against some of the teams. Um, have to battle against UVU, obviously, mm-hmm. but we are very, very good and very standout. So that should wrap up everything for cross country. Want to go into football now? Yeah, Oof. we can go into football Oof. now. Um, <sighs> we can all give her our lot. comments on uh, football <laughs> the last couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, 
start with Tarleton, I guess? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that one was, uh, we were all up there watching it and everything. We all help out, do stuff in the booth. But uh, it was just one of those games where we went, went into the fourth quarter just kind of dead. Like the crowd was silent, everything. It was, what, 20? We were down 35-13 to 13 at yeah. one point. We got off to a very slow start, and then we kind of seemed like we limped into the fourth quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and going into the fourth quarter, we, like you said, we were down 27-13, to 13 and we outscored them. Or no. We three, had 35-13, to, 35 to 13. and then we outscored them. Like we 27-7. to seven. Yeah. It was ridiculous. We Absurd. So, uh, we had a couple chances. Miller had a couple chances towards the end there. Not just Miller, our offense as a whole did. But uh, with two timeouts left, I believe it was around f- under a minute left, we had two timeouts left, just received the, or recovered the onside kick. I think it was – it's tough to look back on because that was a lot. I don't know how we stayed in that game, but I think we scored with under 30 or 40 seconds left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't get the two-point conversion, which was – and that took us to under the minute because I think that was yeah. just like a minute and a half left. Around yeah, when we very scored. unfortunate. And then we did get the onside kick, which was insane. We were going nuts. It was two timeouts left. Mm-hmm. And about, I was around four, 30 to 40 seconds left in the game after we received the onside kick. And uh, kind of just went for a home run there to Isaiah Wooden, and it was uh, almost quadruple covered. Yeah, so it was it was really tough, and I'm sure you guys can add in on this, though. I don't know how. Like, we played not up to our best abilities no. in the first half, even in the third quarter. We came exactly. out better, but did not play up to our abilities. Fourth quarter, shot out of a cannon, had <laughs> so many scores. We had Isaiah get a jet sweep for, like, a 55-yard touchdown, Justin Miller, um, got back in on a run of his own. Steve Jenkins with a minute 33 left, I guess, um, who was just wide open. We had a shot there. Don't know how we came back <laughs> at all. Defense kind of stepped up when we needed them the most. Um, got the on- onside kick, and then unfortunately, Justin Miller, he did throw a ball on a deep slant down the field, which in post-game press conference after, I think Coach Fitz said it like, the best way possible, trying to make a play, but got to take what the defense gives you in uh, moments like that. You can't get antsy and mm-hmm. try to go make that kind of a thing because we all want to, um, but you got to take what the defense can give you and can't get too overwhelmed with that is what I think we kind of saw there with uh, Justin. But and one thing I l- liked what Coach said after the game, he was like, I'm not trying to throw Justin under the bus, but we do need to ha- help him understand, like, the situation, right? Because mm-hmm. the situation was in favor of us, right? We just received the onside kick. We had about 40 seconds left, two timeouts. A field goal would win the game, and our leading scorer this year is our kicker, and he's been Pettit's been on one or awesome. Just depends on who they actually use because they go between Pettit and uh, Girardi. Girardi. Well, there Girardi, we go. Thank yeah. you. I think they use Girardi in deeper situations. They they do based on leg. Um, but, yeah, I remember just watching that game in the booth, and when we got that ball with 40 seconds left, you guys were like, oh, my gosh, Anthony, your prediction may be coming right because, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, up against Eastern Kentucky, you know, we lost by seven points, but Pettit missed two or three field goals. I could have made the difference mm-hmm. uh, in the game. And I said, 
Head's going to win, kick the game-winning field goal. Granted, our predictions were way lower. It was like 24, you know, I think mine was 27-24, and it was a 42-40 win <laughs> in favor of Tarleton. But, you know, all of us were like, oh, my gosh, Anthony, you may have a Texan right here for once, you know? And, you know, but granted, you know, close losses. You Very, know. well, and that, it just speaks, and it can carry on into the next game after this, uh, Abilene <laughs> Christian, but it just speaks to how our team will never quit at mm-hmm. all. That's what, that's what I love about Coach Fitz. Durable, yeah. durable, durable. We'll go until they're dead, basically, it feels like, and we'll just never stop. And they carry that on into this next week against Abilene Christian, losing 21-18. to 18. Um, Very, very tough because it definitely it does feel like a game we should have won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm being honest. Um Moved the ball really well, even outgained them in yards, right? So total net rushing yards, they outran us. They do have the, uh, I'm not sure if he won it this week, but two-time Black Offensive Player of the Week running back. I they gave him name. like 21 carries, he did, though. He got the ball so much. That nuts. offensive line was just. And coming in, uh, having watched a couple of games in the past, very run-dominant mm-hmm. offense. Um Gave him 21 carries. It does look like we did outscore them. Out, uh, we outplayed them offense. in yards. Yeah. Excuse me. Goodness. Yeah, three, um, 375 to 289. Justin Miller had a really good day throwing the ball. Hit Isaiah on another long, deep route down the field in the third quarter. And then found Bolingbrook at the end of the game with about a minute five left where nobody was in the same zip code at all in the back of the end zone on a little corner route. Um, but we we got the two-point conversion. We just couldn't get the onside kick, couldn't get anything from there. And our biggest thing to summarize from this entire two weeks, I think, is we can't start slow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We are so prone to coming out and just not putting drives together in the first half, not doing – the things we need to do, and that's not going to work this next weekend against Stephen F. Austin, the number 20 team in the country. Yeah, and kind of what we were talking before we recorded, you know, it's a comparison kind of like to the Detroit Lions right now, how they'll start a game super slow and end up losing a game by like three or seven points, mm-hmm. and the fan base is saying like, if we scored one more touchdown earlier, we actually played decent at the start, um, you know, there's a good chance that this record could look way different, and that's especially the case for SUU. Is this this record right now? We've had so many close losses, and you know, coach said it best. You know, some you know, we're playing tough teams now. Granted, he said uh, Eastern Kentucky was a bunch of prima donnas, which I don't know if that was totally true. I I, I just watched it, <laughs> but you know, coach said uh, they're a bunch of prima donnas. But um, uh, you know, this could be you know three extra wins instead of you know four losses right now. This you know our record could look you know way different. We're three and four. It could be, you know, five and two right now or four four and three or, you know, something like that. It could look way different. And, you know, also, you know, it's just also what goes down is that, you know, the SU football teams have passed under the DeMario Warren era. When they were down, they just lay dead. They yeah. rolled over. They, they rolled over and said just, you know, keep stomping us in the ground. We'll try our best next week. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll try our best in practice. And I lo- love what Coach uh, Fitzgerald has done in that, you know, no, we're not going to lie over. We're going to keep on fighting until we can't fight no more. 
Like, literally, they're going to have to take us out, like, limb for limb for us to stop fighting. And that's what I love about this team. It's just the fight and grit that they have. It's it's unmatchable right now. Yeah, and going back to, like, the first quarter uh, scoring, right? I was looking at it while you guys were talking. In our games that we have won, we scored 27 first quarter points. In the games that we have lost, we scored seven. And the only team we scored against in the first quarter, let me double check and make sure, but it is the University of Utah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. And that's where we came out and yeah. played really well. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Definitely that's something we have to get uh, fixed. But you got to look back on these games, like something we should touch on um, Defensively, I felt like we played really well. As I said, we, like, shut them down. Um, Our offense had more yards. But we had a huge stop in the fourth quarter on the goal line, which um, stopped them from increasing their lead even farther. Uh, We had a blocked punt in near the end of the fourth quarter, which was awesome uh, because our special teams has played better. And... We had a lot of things defensively and special teams that kind of fit. And if we can put that together, we're going to need to put that together, I should say. Um, we should be able to good, be good going forward because we have a very, very tough game this week, as I mentioned before, against Stephen F. Austin, who sets a top. Aren't they a top? It's either between them and Sam Houston, correct? Yes. I believe it was... Abilene Abilene's sure. up yeah. there now because they have Ooh. two wins uh, in conference. But Stephen F. Austin, should we preview them a little bit? Yeah, let's go. Let's go into a course. You know, Seth said they're the number twentieth ranked team in the FCS polls. Um, last time we played them was last year. They were our only win of the season, right? That or was no, that, that was Tarleton. That was Tarleton. Mm-hmm. Oh. Apologies, Steve. No, they're Austin. purple team. Um, there are, there's that, so many purple teams. It's weird. Someone in, oh, yeah, in the in the press noise. box hmm. at the last football game mentioned that there's really no different shade of purple for the teams. <laughs> like you know, Oregon State has their shade shade of orange. Tennessee has their shade of burnt orange. You know, mm-hmm. we have a different shade of red compared to like UNLV. You know, every team has TCU purple. Like you can mistake, True. you know. Abilene Christian or Tarleton State for TCU if you wanted to. You know, they got to get different shades of purple. Like, every single purple looks the same. Maybe that's a note to, like, all of the whack Texas football programs next year. Rebrand your uniforms a little bit. Get a different shade of purple. You can keep it purple, but get a different shade of purple. So people are like, oh, that's Tarleton State's purple right there. You're such you a know? hater. I am such a hater. I know, I know, I know. Just over the color purple, man. I know. <laughs> over the color of purple, I'm a hater over that right now. Stephen F. Austin has a very, very solid um, offense coming into this. They scored those 98 points against Warner College, which everybody and their dog saw. Um, they have a very solid quarterback coming into this. They have Trey Self, who's thrown for... Nearly 1,500 yards, three, 13 touchdowns, and just three picks who will basically control the game for them this, uh, this uh, 
coming into Saturday. They've also come off some very, very big wins that will kind of just show our uh, listeners out there like who they are. We struggled with Tarleton. Stephen F. handled Tarleton 41-24 to this last weekend. We did kind of end up struggling late with Abilene Christian. Stephen F. beat them 41-38. to So obviously a very, very good football team where we can set the tone, um, just so you guys know right there. But this is a team, like we said, that has just had no quit. And one of the keys that we need um, this weekend is to just endure adversity and just be able to just come out, punch them in the mouth, and when we get punched in the mouth, be able to handle all of that and... Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, like kind of like what Dan, uh, Dan Campbell says for his NFL press conference, like, they bite us in the leg, we bite back, you exactly. know, or, or, you know, something like that. Just, you know, keep the fight going to them. That's you know, our big thing. No, you know, no, no easy points. And expect for us to be able to succeed. We've had a lot of very good things on the offensive side of the ball. Got to expect Isaiah to be involved very, very early and frequently in this game. We got to have Justin Miller come out and really play. Doesn't have to be perfect, but he has to be able to identify those situations where things need to happen and needs to be ready. And I think one thing we need to do is get – we haven't really had just a true number one running back, right? We've seen so many different people at running back this year, and it's just kind of how Coach does it. He does it based off of effort. If you're giving effort, then he will play you for the game. And that's one thing, like, no matter who it is, between the offensive line quarterback and just the play calling itself for running, it needs to be just better, I think, because we're a better running team than we've shown this year by far. Like, we, that's what we've been known for in years past. This year we just have a really great – some really good receivers and a great quarterback who knows the offense well enough to get the ball into the position it needs to be. But running the game, running the ball will help just set the tone as well. That'll be so big, dude. Like, if we can control the game in the trenches, like mm-hmm. things are gonna be a lot easier, and that's where things are gonna fall back on to the old line again with Lyle Santos. I know they've had some injuries mm-hmm. come up, but a lot of it's gonna fall on them. I don't know. Definitely Is there sure. anything else you have on that game? Uh, Anthony, um, it's gonna be you know it's gonna be tough for sure, um, but I think you know you know if they, up against any ranked FCS foe is tough enough within that, um, but I think you know if we fight, I think we can maybe pull out a win here, and I'm I'm so going for if we pull out a win, Micah Pettit. Game-winning field goal. <laughs> I'm on this guy right now. I love him. I love Jake Girardi as well. Just an amazing punter. He actually leads the FCS and mm-hmm. actually, like, punt average. You know, just that has, has a cannon of a leg. And just, you know, he can kick me 50 yards if he wanted to, <laughs> you know. So just see me, you know, flying through the air. So, you know, definitely this game is going to be tough this weekend. But overall, I think, you know, if we give it all our heart and we can – um, get in favor off of the miscues from Stephen F. Austin. Mm-hmm. I think this game could definitely go in our favor. Hundred percent. We have. You want to go scores again? Oh crap! That's okay. That's tough. That's gonna be a tough one, right? So we've. 
don't even know. So how's their defense for Seth? Defensively, they really are just led by one man and one man alone, and that is safety, Miles Hurd. Um, he's a senior coming into this year. He's been all over the field for him. 59 total tackles mm-hmm. to everybody else on the team. Like, the next closest guy has 27 tackles. So that tells <laughs> you how much of a ball hawk and how much he's just flying around the field all the just time. Just all over the ball, basically. Um, defensively, though, they do look pretty stout. They are allowing nearly 29 points a game. So that means we will be able to put up some points on them. Um, but obviously that offense is just going to be leading them mostly throughout this game. I'm going to say can't go against our boys. No. Never, ever, ever. I don't know if this is near the same uh, prediction that I gave last week, but I'm going to go dub for SUU. Going to give it like a 45 to 38 score. Boom. I think that's a good score. I'm going to go kind of closer to how the Tarleton game ended. I think it's going to be like 42 to like 35 in okay. favor of us. Yeah. Because um, when we're looking at their defensive stats, right, they haven't faced, at least by their like uh, average per game, they really haven't faced an offense that can get the ball down the field in the air like we have. Like this year we've just – we have st- – Isaiah, he gets open over, he gets open over the top of defenses. Tossy, you know, do you remember his last? Yeah, Mataava Tase. Yeah, Tava. There we go. And he's been just a huge target for um, Justin in general, just to have him as a check down tight end, open over the middle. He's a big target. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Stephen F. Austin's defense. Uh, really just faces our offense because they're more of a run-stopping defense. So we'll see how that goes. And I do think it might be worth mentioning they did just narrowly lose to Sam Houston, 17-16, who was a former national championship runner-ups to North Dakota State a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So defense did kind of hold up there, and I think it's pretty important to mention that. Anthony, you've got a you score. you got a. Pettit score for us. Got a Pettit score? Ooh, yeah. Got a Pettit score, Pettit score. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. 34-31. Micah Pettit, game-winning field goal. Fans rush the field. I love it. Everyone gets excited. I love it. We beat CUNF Austin. We beat a top 20-ranked team. In the FCS. In the FCS. I remember that. Not FBS, but still FCS, you know. Top 20-ranked still is in the nation, in an FCS. Exactly. It's a good team. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no problem. You know, you could put a F, you know a top twenty FCS school up against an, any FBS school, and it's gonna be a good matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the time. So, um, for sure, I think a Micah Pettit game winning field goal. Micah, if you listen to this, I'm your number one fan, man. <laughs> Let's go, Micah Pettit train right now. Let's get it, baby. Give this man an autograph. Give this man an autograph. Yeah, give me an autograph right now. <laughs> Do we want to visit the basketball? Rankings for accept uh, uh, for a second for men's basketball. Yeah, we can do that real quick. I have them up on my yeah. computer, yeah, so I will take it away. So Grand Canyon, New Mexico State, Stephen F. Austin, Abilene Christian, 
Cal Baptist, Seattle U, Utah Valley, Sam Houston, and then SUU comes in at ninth. It's for men's basketball. Yes, okay. for men's for men's basketball. And overall, it's going to be tough. But at the same point in time, some guys have transferred to different teams. Um, looking at it, uh, Darian Trammell, who was first team all whack last year for CRU, now he's playing at San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Um, Fardos Amiqua is now at Texas Tech. I forgot about you know, and you know, some other guys have transferred as well. So, you know, I think, you know, when I saw first saw the rankings, I kind of was a little bit like, eh, at the same point in time, it's time to prove them wrong. You know, exactly. uh, like with what SUU men's basketball did a couple years ago, winning the Big Sky regular season, regular season championship, when people had us, what, predict to finish sixth? We were way down there. We were, yeah, and yeah. we finished top three. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the team, honestly, can surprise people, and they probably feel surprised about their ranking, but they just have to take that and realize almost every year that we've like the preseason polls have came out, we're not in the top half of this exactly. like, conference. But one thing I did find, and I'm not sure if you covered it because I was reading this, it said we have two individuals who were named preseason all-conference teams. Yes, I did not read that. Yeah, so it was actually senior Tevion Jones, first team, all whack. Let's go. And Mason Fawcett was our senior forward this year, or who is our senior forward this year, is named second team. That's big. Tev boy. getting the credit that he should deserve. And Both of them. And also, Tev was voted the most scariest player to go against in the WAC by the mm-hmm. coaches. That is. And Tev does look a little scary in person as well. When he has that game face on, man looks a little scary on and off the court. Well, I'm not but sure if you guys have heard this either. He switched his number to 55. He did. Yes, he did. Don't know why, but that makes him like ten times more scarier. Like, oh yeah, a big freaking fifty-five number coming out. <laughs> yeah, here. yeah, that not scares just, me. Not just a single five. There's, <laughs> There's another double. five. There's double well, fives yeah. on it. Like that's crazy. For sure. You know, I'm running out of the way. You mm-hmm. know, exactly. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, yeah, completely agree with you. Men's kind of getting overlooked, but now it's time to prove them wrong. Just to touch on it, just very quickly, the women's team. Predicted to finish in sixth place uh, in the WAC, so a little higher than our men's. Um, we have a very solid team this year, too, because we have two players that are recognized in the preseason all WAC. Sharita, Dar- Sharita Darty uh, was named to the second team, while Tamika Whitman was our lone first team recognition. And Tamika was last year's uh, Big Sky Defensive Player yep. of the Year. From Idaho State, big transfer. So basketball, we touched on it last week, but both teams they've gonna always, do it very been, well this they've year. They've been solid for the past five or six years. Yeah. Like just mm-hmm. if they haven't won the conference, they've been at least top three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really wouldn't expect a big difference in that. The WAC basketball conference is a lot scarier. A lot so. scarier, a lot tougher than the big sky. Yeah, just Honestly, like, like... Completely different play style, too. Looking at the pre-bracketology for the men's and women's side, the WAX only listed as a one-bid conference. Honestly, if t- teams perform out, which I think we definitely can, um, I could definitely see the men's side being a two-bid 
one at large, if the at large performs decently well and has good wins RPI wise over top schools. And for the fem- for the women's side, I see the exact same thing as well. I can definitely see two or maybe three teams on the men's and women's side side sneaking into the NCAA tournament or getting a very good bid in the NIT or the CBIT, one of the postseason tournament tournaments like last year, SU was a part of the seat of the uh It was a it was wasn't the C- it was CBIT? Different. It was a branched off tournament of the CIB. Okay. But yeah, it was a branched off tournament. It was sponsored by er- racism. I know that. I remember that. Erase, like. Uh, let's see where the tournament is this year. Because I remember for like NCAA basketball, just the, the uh, March Madness tournament. Because I know last year, or maybe it was COVID year, that we were supposed to have games played in Salt Lake. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember. I think when the I think when the regions though. this year is Las Vegas for the NCAA tournament, if I'm not mistaken. It looks like Sacramento would be the closest one to us. Oh, we got a Las Vegas region. Yeah, we got West Las Vegas region. region. Las Vegas or there's Denver. Denver's about eight hours. I, I don't really want to drive that mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Viva Las Vegas. You Vegas boy, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> What do you mean? I don't want to hear it. What? No. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically covering what's coming up. I know we've kind of touched on basketball each episode more and more, and obviously you're going to see a lot more coming up in November because oh, that's yeah. when the season starts. Mm-hmm. It's and basketball season here. Exactly. So, And that's a big season for us. Both teams are always fun to watch. So Absolutely, and the games are always fun to go to as well. It's a fun atmosphere down here at the Apex. So, you know. Please come to the basketball game, support the men and women, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can, you know, rise to occasion, prove everyone wrong, prove the doubters wrong, and can have a good result this season. For sure. That is all for today here in the Thundercast. For me, Anthony Colasuno. Chevy Blackburn. And Seth Whitehouse. See you guys on the next one.